Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis through Eagles Extra, which you can sign up for on nj.com slash text. You can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter slash uh, low on sleep guy, Chris Franklin. Today we're going to discuss the Eagles trade up for Devontae Smith. What does it mean for Jalen Rager? More importantly, what does it mean for Jalen Hurts? Plus, we'll set you up for the weekend with a pair of day two live mock drafts. Chris, let's get to work. How you feeling today? Not too bad. I got my twenty ounce Red Bull with me, ready to go, man. You're right about sleep, but you know what? It was, it's worth it because uh, that, that was a very, very exciting draft to see the way things were falling across the up and down the board for all the teams last night, man. How are you doing? I've got my Dunkin' iced coffee that I just shook for you. Nice. Um, I got two and a half hours of sleep. Luckily, my two year old did not wake me up. I did not wake him up. So I would say overall, you know, this pick aside, successful first day of the draft, uh, <laughs> we all made it through. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, man, the wind is blowing. We should acknowledge that Chris is in uh, the remake of Twister right now because the wind is is shimmying and shaking <laughs> like it's it reminds me of twisting the night away by sam cook it, this is if if, tree, if nice, trees nice yeah thank you I, i'm a big sam cook guy by the way fun respect. fact respect. fun fact the dude was a genius <laughs> musical pioneer anyway uh oh by the way if you want to see an amazing documentary uh on netflix the two deaths of sam cook you will learn a ton uh but anyway, um, you're invited also, to the cookout, man. You're invited to the cookout. Also, by the way, <laughs> for those looking for prime entertainment, I suggest checking out Mayor of Easttown on HBO Max. First two episodes, brilliantly done. Completely unlike it, it reminds me of the night of. Anyway, we're here to talk about Devontae Smith. I digress. Uh, so last night, the Eagles traded up from 12 to 10 dishing the Carson Wentz third round pick to the Dallas Cowboys to jump the New York Giants or or as they say in logical terms the New Jersey Giants <laughs> um you know just for Giants fans from New Jersey who are listening to this you know um it, that's they used to call that a cheap pop in wrestling uh but <laughs> so they jumped the Giants with the help of the Cowboys, who I don't think wanted to see Dev- Devontae Smith paired with Kenny Galladay and and Sterling Shepard and, and uh, you know, Darius Slayton. I think, you know, Dallas has enough woes on defense. So the Eagles trade up. Look, I was told gearing up to the draft that J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan were very high on their board. Both guys came off at eight and nine. So the logical move was to take the top player remaining on their board uh of their targets and they went after Devontae Smith the Eagles ended up trading the number six overall pick uh 
the number 84th overall pick and the number 50, 156th overall pick. So the sixth overall pick, a third round pick, and a fifth round pick for Smith, a 2022 first round pick, and a fourth round pick. What a haul for Howie Roseman. Um, I think a lot of us harp on how he's poor track record as a drafter recently and a lot of the mistakes that he's made over the years. Uh, I was listening to Adam Levine and uh, I, I forgot uh, the stallion. What's her first, what's her first name? Meg the stallion. Yeah. Meg the stallion. Uh, that beautiful mistake song sounds like an allegory for uh, Howie Roseman's drafting over the, the last five years. Uh, wow. Yeah, I made the comment to my two-year-old son. He didn't really get it. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, I'm rambling, but they ended up getting their guy. Uh, and you and I were in the follow-up Zoom call. I mean, everybody in that room, Andy Weidel, Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, they were all stoked about this. Clearly, they this was not a sell job. They were stoked. Like, Weidel was beaming talking about him. What did you take away from the press conference? What did you take from the trade? And what did you take away from the pick overall? Well, I thought the trade, I thought it was, they gave up. They didn't give up too much in order to go ahead and get him. I thought Zavonta Smith was a good pick. I I liked him early on in this whole process. I liked him a lot. I thought he filled a need, especially given that he's able to go ahead. He's a good route runner, especially he has good possession hands and he knows how to get separation away from a lot of these defensive backs. So I thought it was good. I thought toward the end, I thought they really were going to try to target Horn. But as we saw, he went earlier than expected. The early expected. I was shocked that Horn went that high. And he was the first corner off the board. But overall, I thought it was good. The fact that they went, they had to go ahead and leapfrog the Giants in order to get in order to get Smith. They're, they're, the Giants, as you can tell, like they, they, had, they were all in to get Smith. So the fact that they were able just to only give up that 80, it was the 84th pick overall, the, the Wentz pick, <laughs> LOL. <laughs> they were able to go ahead and uh, go ahead and get 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 that move up to get him. I think that was that was a good maneuvering. And as you mentioned, they were re- they were really happy to go ahead and get him. And, and a lot of times you hear a lot of lip service where teams will have to trade back because they have to reset the board because their guys are all gone. You hear, oh, this is the guy we wanted all along, and it's not really. You can, it's like you could generally tell they were actually looking forward to seeing what happened. I mean. He's going to open. I think Smith's going to help out that off the a lot of the other receivers entirely. Especially, I think one of the biggest benefactors of this is Jalen Rager because I think he's going to go ahead and Smith's going to draw some coverage over towards his way. So it was going to open up Rager to be able to go ahead and, and play more freely. So I think that maybe it almost was a, was a move that benefited to. It was a move that kind of helped out two positions at the same time. So uh, I think they, they did a good job with this, man. What do you think? So I, I agree with everything you said, except for the Rager part. And I'm getting some backlash from our draft grade about how I said that Rager could possibly be hindered actually by this, this move. I look, the ball can only go to one person. Um, when you take a guy 21st overall with the wide receiver depth that they had, you would presume that he would be able to be a thousand yard receiver. I don't know if Devontae Smith works as a non-bulk catching machine. Like, he's a guy I want to catch 100 balls a a year. And so, look, you could have like a Jeremy Macklin, Deshaun Jackson sort of thing, but Jeremy Macklin really didn't break out until Deshaun Jackson left. So, 
look, I think I don't think this is saying the Jalen Rager pick is a mistake. I don't think it's viewed that way internally. But I do think that Rager's role is completely different this year than it was last year. And by hindering, maybe hindering is not the right word, but like to me, this changes the scope for Jalen Rager. Um, I also think it's good news for Travis Fulgham. I think Travis Fulgham uh, is going to rotate with Smith at the X spot. I think he's going to rotate with Rager in the slot. I think when you see three wide receiver sets, you're probably going to see Fulgham at X Smith at Z and Rager in the, in the slot. I think that's an incredibly enhanced three man look, um, which gets into my next point. Jalen hurts is the biggest benefactor of this pick. Let's get into why there are a lot of fans that are clamoring for the Eagles to publicly acknowledge that Jalen hurts is the guy. Well, guess what? With their actions yesterday, they basically did that. They traded up to land his former teammate, a wide receiver, to better the environment around him. Uh, passing on Ohio State's Justin Fields, who I think we can all agree probably is higher upside than Jalen Hurts uh, at worst. Uh, I think he's a better prospect. Um, So much so that the Bears traded two first-round picks to get up to him uh, with that next pick in the Giants. Um, This this is – the Eagles are building around Jalen Hurts, not on top of him, as I wrote earlier today. That's a huge sign of encouragement. It's a sign of commitment, at least for this season, barring a massive trade for Deshaun Watson that comes out of nowhere after his – legal issues are resolved if they get resolved. Um, I just think this is the endorsement that you're looking for. Look, pomp and circumstance aren't really Jalen Hurts' thing. They're definitely not Devontae Smith's if you talk, if you listen to his interview yesterday. This was the right approach. Actions speak louder than words, and these actions show that Jalen Hurts is the guy right now. How did you take it for Jalen Hurts? Well, I agree with you when it came to that. I think the fact that they went and they bypassed, they didn't stay at 12. They didn't stay at 12 when they moved up to got and got a receiver he was comfortable with and he was vibing with already. I think that showed a lot that they they feel comfortable rolling with him next season and, pretend, and they want to see what he can do. Because if he's successful with these receivers that they have right now next year, I think he's your guy going forward for the next two, three years. And they may be able to use those for other first round picks when other areas of need because – they're definitely going to have to fill some of those things in, in, in the upcoming years. And when you look at what – and I'll be honest, when if if the Eagles were not able to go ahead and make that trade, I'd seriously – I would have seriously considered taking Fields at 12. I think – Oh, yeah, think for sure. He's better. He's, I, to me personally, I think he's better than Zach Wilson. I think – I'm a little worried for Joe Douglas up there in New York because I have my own questions about uh, Zach Wilson, but – he looks like a cabbage would. patch kid a little. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I just, he looks kind of like a, my two-year-old looks just about as old as he does. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. No, you're good. I, I, that's going to be a big adjustment. I think even with Wilson, uh, they, they look at, he, he like he's shell-shocked a little bit. Wait till he gets to New York. So that's going to be interesting. But overall, I mean, I think that, Hertz is going to be the guy. I thought he showed improvement 
from the first time we saw him in training camp all the way through till that that last game against the Giants, he showed improvement and he's only going to get better. So he still brings a lot of stuff and the intangibles. Everybody seems to fall behind fall behind him as well too. So there's a lot of things he brings to the table and the Eagles should explore going beyond not just next season but the future in the future as well too with Hurts. So I'm all, I'm all for it. Uh, let's get into Howie Roseman. Okay. Cause he, he nailed this, uh, in my opinion, I gave it a B plus because they did have to trade up for him. Had they landed him at 12, I, I would have given it an A. Uh, a lot of people gave me flack about that, but before the draft, uh, I'm not a flip flopper. I'm not one of these radio people that just like puts out takes. If I don't believe something, I don't believe something. And I take it into account. Chris is the same way. Uh, before the draft, I said there were four guys worth trading up for. Patrick Sertan, Kyle Pitts, uh, Jamar Chase, and Justin Fields. Devontae Smith wasn't one of them. I can't just then go back and be like, well, gee, guys, he, now he's suddenly worth it. I'm not that type of guy. I don't change my stuff on a dime. Uh, everything I say is educated. Everything Chris says is educated. That's what we're doing here. Uh, we don't want to give you any fluff. So uh, now that I've gotten off my my pulpit, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know who the biggest loser of this is? Who's that? John Hightower. Yeah. So yeah. John Hightower is a straight line runner. He runs nine routes. That's the only thing he really does. Didn't want to play special teams last year. Uh, didn't didn't play on special teams. Was benched. Um, Quez Watkins can play in the slot. He's got a lot more lateral quickness, you know, lateral and vertical quickness. Uh, this is not a good sign for John Hightower, um, who I didn't think was going to make the team anyway this year. But geez, Louise, uh, the writing is on the wall. I mean, like not intentionally. I don't think they were like, yeah, we're totally going to spend a first round pick and trade up uh, to get Devonte Smith because we don't think John Hightower is worth it. But just when you look at what's going on with this roster, I think Greg Ward's kind of like the, the glue in there. I think he makes sense as a, as a fifth wide receiver. Like that's what he is to me. Um, and a good, and a decent one at that. He can also be a punt returner. Uh, now that he's probably not going to have as much wide receivers reps, he's probably going to be more willing to, uh, return the ball. Um, I look at Quez as that number four guy who can rotate in the slot and Z along with, you know, Rager and Smith. And then you got Fulgham who can play all three positions as well. So um, the way I look at it right now, if they keep five wide receivers, it's Smith, Rager, Fulgham, Quez Watkins, uh, Greg Ward. And frankly, with the lack of, of, of size on the roster, I'd probably keep JJ over Hightower at this point I mean I probably wouldn't keep either one of them but like for for the investment you know what I mean like see I thought JJ was the I thought JJ's out the odd guy out because I look at I, I know they I know he they used a higher draft pick on him as opposed to Hightower but I thought it was really telling when when Sirianni made that statement of he's not he wants that flexibility of the guys being able to play in different positions and you look at what JJ's able to do sure he he he's more your prototypical X type of receiver or a guy who's more your possession receiver. But when you look at some of the other stuff, he doesn't have that blazing speed. He, he, he can't teach the speed. I know everybody can say, keep that's cliche. Can't teach speed. He 
hasn't shown that he's been able to reliably catch the ball when you do that. And at least with Hightower, you at least have some speed that you can go ahead and, and stretch a defense, at least threaten a safety or two safeties down the middle going, hey, you know, I got to respect it because I don't want to get beat deep. Even he's shown the pass that he's dropped a few of those deep things, but you still have to respect that deep speed. And at least with with JJ, you just know like, hey, you know what? I'm going to look 15 yards in and I can go ahead and cheat, cheat up a little bit and I'll be able to press him. He's not going to get that much separation. So to me, for me, I would look at, I if it came down to, say, the final cut day and you have JJ Arcega-Whiteside or John Hightower, I'm keeping Hightower and JJ. I'd send packet personally to me. Um, so what I would say to that is, and let me clarify, I've been told by multiple sources that Hightower didn't have interest in playing special teams. He had some trouble with route running uh, and, and, and the playbook. Um, that doesn't mean that he won't like gravitate towards a new coaching staff. I think it's well documented that last year's staff kind of dropped the ball in general. So I, I don't want to make this as a John Hightower bash session, but I also think when you look at that, if you're going to have that same view, you should probably have that same view with JJ Arcega Whiteside uh, as well. Now being in the second year with Aaron Moorhead, also being with a new staff that has Kevin Petullo and, and Jason Michael and Nick Sirianni, all who have a lot of experience coaching wide receivers and offenses. Um, so, look, I think we both. What what grade do you give the Eagles for the Smith pick? For the Smith pick, being able to go ahead and maneuver up. Yeah, just, just the pick, just the pick, just, just the, pick the play. Itself? Yeah, yeah. I would. I'd give it a minus. I, I, I've been really high on this guy. I really, I really think he size be damned. I think this guy can really be productive in the league, and, and he, he just impacts so many things this offense can do. So I'd give it an A minus. I give it a B plus. Um, now for the overall value, I give it probably an A minus. But I, I like I feel like you've got to look at like the situation and how it all played out in the process. It's more about the process than the final result too. And look, I, I'm not the hardest grader, but I, I do think it wasn't perfect, but it was a very, very, very good outcome. Um, we won't hold you. We won't put say you're the East German judge. You're not that. <laughs> <laughs> so from that that standpoint let's move over to day two because there's so much talent on this board um you know i mean it's just ridiculous and so what's your what's your outlook going into here before we start this mock draft if i'm the eagles i'm looking i'm looking on it's definitely going to be a given i'd look at the defensive side of ball and i'm primarily looking at edge rusher just because of the depth chart you look at brandon graham's getting older Derek Barnett, even though he picked up a fifth-year option, you don't know if he, he's injury-prone, and you don't know if he's going to be here next year. And you got Josh Sweat, who's played well, but there's also injury concerns with him. And beyond that, you got Joe Usman and the international pathway player Matt Leo, who, granted, I wanted to see in the last game of the year season, but I don't <laughs> think he's going to be making any waves or anything like that. So I definitely think they should address edge rusher. And if one of the guys, if we do this draft still available, is not there, then you look cornerback. What about you? Look, I, I think there's so much defensive talent here. I agree with you with edge rusher, but I, I'll say it. I've said it once. I'll say it again. I love being a turtle. And also the Eagles' biggest need is cornerback. Like, it's not even close. I think Eric Stokes coming off the board to the Packers late in the first round was kind of a 
yikes moment because I thought he would he would get there to 37. Um, but you look, there's still guys on the board. You look at um, that corner. You look at Elijah Molden, who could come in and be a terrific slot upgrade, uh, even over uh, the homeboy Avante Maddox. Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, I, I feel like that's the most obvious like linkage, right? Like, yeah. I don't think the fan base could get any any higher on this draft if they come away with the with a guy like Devontae Smith and Asante Samuel Jr. in the first two rounds. Um, or Calvin Joseph or Aaron Robinson. Calvin well, Joseph and Aaron Robinson, those two, I, I'd be I'd be happy if they got them too if they went cornerback. Those guys are both there. Um, look. I, <laughs> I think they're going to turn to defense, like you said. Um, here, here's a list of, of big name players that are still available: Notre Dame linebacker Jeremiah Uwusu Koromoa, almost got it there. Uh, Georgia edge Aziz Ojolari, who apparently has has been reported to have some knee issues, and that's why he fell. Uh, Alabama defensive tackle Christian Barmore. I actually think he's the guy that they would want. Um, Alabama. Guard Landon Dickerson, Oklahoma State offensive tackle Tevin uh, Jenkins, uh, Washington defensive tackle Levi Unzurki. I I can't. I'm going to butcher that name. Sorry to him and his family. Uh, Minnesota wide receiver Rashad Bateman, uh, Ole Miss wide receiver Elijah Moore, Texas offensive tackle Samuel uh, Cosme. Missouri linebacker Nick Bolton, UCF safety Richie Grant, uh, UNC running back Javante Williams, uh, TCU safety Trevon Morig, who I love. Uh, I think he'd make a lot of sense, even with uh, Anthony Harris being here. Uh, Wake Forest defensive end Carlos Basham, who I think would probably be on the short list for the Eagles today. Um you know, Creed Humphrey, the center from Oklahoma, Texas pass rusher, Joseph Asai, LSU wide receiver, Therese Marshall is still there. Um, Notre Dame offensive tackle, Leon Eichenberg, uh, Purdue wide receiver, uh, Rondell Moore. You mentioned Kelvin Joseph, uh, Michigan guard slash tackle, Jalen Mayfield. I mean, Georgia cornerback, Tyson Campbell. There's a lot of talent still available to me the right move would be to trade back and try to get something close to the third round pick you lost in the trade up with the Giants. So today uh, we'll do a little bit of a mock draft uh, for day two with the two picks they have and no trades. But uh, check out my mock draft that included trades on NJ.com slash Eagles. Did an interesting trade back uh, with the 37th overall pick. Still landed a premium defensive lineman. And then some, uh, it seems to be doing pretty well on Twitter. So pick number 37, who are you going with? With the 37th pick. And if he's still down there and is a big keyword, if, and, and I don't know, cause especially, I think, I think Ojolari still, even with the knee issues, I still think he goes high. If he was there, I'd take him, but I think he goes, I'm looking at Morig. You know, I know I spoke about edge rusher and cornerback being a need, but I think also when you look at the safety position, Rodney McLeod's coming off of ACL and he's getting older. You have uh, Kayvon Wallace, you, you brought him back as well too. I think they just need to get younger at that position, and I think he brings enough versatility to, to be able 
to help the secondary in the long run, especially if they play the zone defense, especially in the cover two, it'll be a good, uh, good combination going forward. If you're able to resign them. And if you want to go ahead and move on from McLeod, you're able to do that as well too. So when it comes to the value of the player that's available there, and he, if he's still sitting there, I'm going Trayvon Morick. If they can't trade back, uh, I'm going to play to the fan base and go with Asante Samuel Jr. I think it's a great story. I think he he would do very well in zone coverage. I think that fits what he does best. Uh, he's a little bit smaller for man coverage. So, yeah, with the 37th overall pick, uh, Asante Samuel Jr. So let's move to 70. Uh, they now only have one third-round pick. Who do you think is going to be there? Who are you taking? I'm going to Bro Cox. Okay. I really think he I think he'll still be on the board at that at that moment. And this team really needs long term linebacker help. And I think he's able dynamic. I think he has the potential to be a three down linebacker, in my opinion. I think he'd be a three down linebacker in this. I think he moves well enough to go ahead and be that cover linebacker in the zone. And if you run that Tampa two, he still moves well enough to go ahead and uh cover those tight ends as well, too, or, or, or those running backs that leak out the backfield and try to go across the middle. So I would go Jabril Cox if he's there, if he's there for that. Where are you going, man? I'm going to go linebacker, too. I'm going to go Baron Browning from Ohio State. Um, I, I think he, he would be a really good will linebacker long term for this team. Um, that's who I got. So they take care of cornerback. And linebacker with me, they take care of edge and linebacker or sorry, safety and linebacker with you. So real quick, if they do trade back and you have a guy like Samuel Cosme available on the board and given that the Eagles situation with the offensive line, would you go for it? Yeah, I'd consider it. Um, Another guy I I think they would really like is um, uh, Landon Dickerson, I think. He makes a lot of sense. Nick Bolton's a guy who appeals uh, at linebacker. Um, Joseph Asai is somebody I find really intriguing. For some reason, I've got the sneaking suspicion they really like Jalen Mayfield, but that's just an assumption. He just kind of fits that like tweener tackle guard sort of thing that they kind of like, you, you know. Does that make sense yeah. to you? Yeah, especially with as much as they use like to go ahead and shift those guys around in the versatility and, and, and looking at the, some of the tape I saw, and we all know the Eagles are offensive line is big on angles and when it comes to their block anything, he looks like he has the angles and the and he has the footwork to be able to go ahead and work inside that little box that they put on the interior too. So yeah, he does scream a potential as as a potential Eagles pick. Yeah, if I had to guess their short list of five today, uh, because, you know, you go 33, 34, 35, 36, 37. So there's five guys. My guess is it's Barmore, Moreg, Cosme, uh, Samuel, and then probably Basham. Or, or sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, Barmore, Mayfield, um, Barmore Mayfield, Cosme. Uh, who did I say? Man, sorry, Mayfield. it's the lack of this. It's the lack of sleep. So, Bar- <laughs> let's get this right. Barmore Mayfield, Samuel Morig, and either Basham or Tyson Campbell. Maybe I don't know. That's tough. I think they'll probably pick 
they probably have 10 guys. And so that way they feel good about trading back um, is my guess. Cause there are at least 10 guys here. That would be a great pick. I, I think Jeremiah Usukoromoa. Oh, I nailed it that time. Bam. <laughs> I think that he could be a uh, Malcolm Jenkins like player for this team. He also fits the attack mode of a will linebacker for them. He can also play in coverage. He can be a dime linebacker. He's a guy that look, I normally don't like Notre Dame defensive players. Uh, he's probably the guy that I've liked the most since uh, Jalen Smith way back when, before he blew out his knee. Um, yeah, but I, I I would not be shocked by Barmore. Uh, Barmore to me just screams them. Same with Mayfield, same with uh, Samuel. So I think those are the three guys I'm really looking at. But Chris, uh, we got a lot of work to do. So let's sign off. Uh, remember, you can sign up for Eagles Extra. Chris is taking over the Eagles Extra account throughout draft weekend. He'll be going back and forth with you tonight, Friday and Saturday during the draft. Um, you can sign up for free for two weeks, get get all this exclusive content, news. We, we put out a lot of stuff yesterday on nj.com slash text. Uh, you can sign, make sure you give us five-star ratings and download the No Huddle Show podcast wherever podcasts are available. We've got a lot of great content on nj.com slash eagles. Um, I did my pick grade. We did a mock draft. Chris did a great story about Devontae Smith's reaction to being drafted by the Eagles. Um I wrote about how Devontae Smith is now the biggest endorsement that Jalen Hurts has gotten so far. Uh, we broke down all the picks. And then I told a story about how the Eagles brass fell in love with Devontae Smith. So make sure you check all of that stuff out on nj.com slash Eagles. For Chris, I'm Mike. We will talk to you very, very soon. <laughs>